it didn't work out the way I had hoped at the time, but going back and looking at all of the marketing that we've done throughout the years, I believe contributed to our success. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that I would tell new business owners is you really have to believe like I, I'm, I'm a big believer of, of just, you know, the, the big number seven impressions, yeah. right? Like after this, they say like after the seventh impression, when someone's exposed to your brand on average seven times, they're more likely to, to do business with you. Maybe those register receipts like contributed to one of those seven. Leo here, your host of the Building Bellion podcast, and thanks for stopping by the studio. Pour a glass of whiskey or local beer, take a sip, kick those feet up. We're going to dive into what it means to be a business owner, what it means to be a member of this Bellingham and Whatcom County community, and what it means to find peace and balance while running a badass, high-octane, local, iconic business. Let's jump in. Jai, welcome to the Building Bellingham studio. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. So we were just talking about how you, you've been getting the whip cracked on you to get more in front of the camera and, and tell your story because everyone wants to know because your businesses are staples here in Bellingham and Whatcom County. Tell me a little bit more about you and your brother and your business partner. How, where'd you come from? How'd you start this uh, this whole journey? So journey started in, in 04. I was a college student at the time, I think. How old was I? I think I was 21 or 22, something like that. And no gray hairs. Yeah, no, definitely no gray hairs yet at the time. Uh, yeah, the priority at the time was to figure out what I was going to do with my life because I met my wife, my beautiful wife, Christina. She's from Whatcom County, uh, met, met in college years, and she had no desire to leave Whatcom County. Mm -hmm. I was slinging TVs and computers at Best Buy. Nice. I was, uh, Is I was, that going pretty well? Yeah. You just Were you, were you selling mostly Samsungs or <laughs> LGs off the shelf? I sold anything they put in front of me. <laughs> I was just a salesman. Yeah. No, Best Buy was great. I learned a lot of, you know customer service skills, um, learn how to become a, a salesman. I was bleeding blue for four years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it was it was a great job. I met a lot of uh, good people and friends that I still have now. Um, but I, I really wanted to get out of the corporate world. It just wasn't, I knew it wasn't, you know, for me. Lee and I grew up in the restaurant business. Our parents owned a couple restaurants. So we knew what it took to run a restaurant. Um, we knew that a restaurant could be a good living. But they own Asian restaurants. And we also learned that like we never wanted to own an Asian restaurant. Why ever. Is that? It's it's tough work. It's brutal. Yeah. 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 Like as hard as as hard as we've ever worked, we have never worked as hard as my parents worked. <laughs> they yeah, tough yeah. boss. Tough yeah. Bosses. yeah. Yeah. With the restaurant background, and Lee and I actually in high school and early college years, we actually worked in pizza parlors as well. Mm -hmm. So we knew the pizza um, sector of the restaurant business as well. So, you know, working, I was working at Best Buy and had this kind of habit of just checking business opportunities in the classified ads. I don't know if, how old are you? 30, almost 32. Yeah. So yeah. I've got nine years on you. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, I, but I know the world. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Part of the world. But yeah. back, so back then it wasn't like, Craigslist wasn't even a thing yet, was like, right? Yeah, yeah. So you had to go to the classified ads in the Bellingham Herald and pull out the classified section to look for any listings, right? So I would always go under business opportunities and just be like, what business is for sale? Like, I want to own, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to own my own business. That's what I wanted to were do. There, were there lots every day or was, what was the market like? No, I wouldn't say a lot, but I mean, you'd get three or four a week yeah. on there that were like new listings. Right. So it's like, so I don't know if you're into something, you're always like looking, you, you know, you're kind of excited to like yeah. 
I wonder if anything's on there, right? And, and one day saw an ad, it said family-owned restaurant for sale. No other info. It just said family-owned restaurant for sale, written inquiries only. You're like, please let it don't. And, please, no Asian restaurant. Yeah, no please. Asian restaurant. <laughs> you know, and it, it was just an address that you can like mail an inquiry to. That was a strange, like yeah. nothing about the restaurant on there, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, what the heck? Spent the next, you know, 20 minutes typing up a quick letter, put an envelope stamped it, sends it, it off. A, was it a formal letter of author or of like intent or was it just a no it's hey, just like hey hi, just saw hello i'm i'm interested you know yeah, yeah. i saw your ad and god i wish i had a copy of the letter i don't you know but like two weeks later i get a call and it was ken crumdiak he's yeah. the owner of coconut kenny's he's like hey i got your letter in the mail you want to meet let's do it you know and well i should preface that story with the fact that christina my wife who was we were dating at the time her and i ate at coconut kenny's coincidentally mm -hmm. for the first time like a month prior to me sending that letter, you know, so the stars you, are starting to align. A yeah, yeah. So if you believe yeah. in stuff like that, that it is kind of a weird coincidence because when I was in there for the first time, I was like, this place is kind of cool. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, there's some things that I would change about it, but it was, yeah. you know, I love the motif, I, you know, the decor and the, the vibe and everything. Like it was a little slower vibe. They yeah. had, they always had Hawaiian music playing. Yep. And Hawaiian music, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but Hawaiian music is like cool for like half an hour. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm over it. You know, like yeah, I got to get I gotta, so chill. It's yeah. Great, and you're like different genre. Yeah, let's change it up. So, you know, so I thought it was a really cool place. But I also like I actually remember specifically saying to Christine, I'm like, man, I wish I could talk to the owner of this place. And like, I wonder if they let me like run it for a while for them so I can make some changes you know because i could make this place really cool you, you saw pretty yeah. The yeah so when he called me and was like i i own coconut kenny's you want to meet and i was just like are you kidding me yeah went and met with him and you know super super uh neat fellow and um his wife i mean i'm still friends with kenny and penny yeah. like my family and i visited him last december in florida they're retired and they live in florida now really good people so anyways met him agreed on a price like yeah i'm gonna buy it so the but, next, but do you have any sort of like background in purchasing businesses? No. Did, did you have any idea how to do it? Was no. it, or was it just like ink it up? That, no, that let's, was, let's make this happen. No. So that, that's the second part of the story of acquiring this business is like the second part is like, okay, we agreed and I was like, okay, I got to go get a loan. Yeah. Cause I had net, like you just asked, like I never bought a business before I went to three different banks. I hope I was hoping to only go to one bank yeah. ended up being three different banks. And they all shut me down. They were like, oh, wait, kid, like, yeah. have no experience. But restaurant business is like highest failure rate in small businesses, no collateral, like, no. Yeah. And keep in mind, too, the price of that, we paid, the, the agreed upon price was $49,000. Like, we weren't talking, like, I mean, it's more, you know, 49000 back then is more than it is now, mm -hmm. but it still wasn't, like, no. we weren't talking big amount of money, you right, know? Right, So I was like, man, how can I not get approved? forty nine thousand dollars this yeah. is crazy you know it was it was super frustrating like loan, yeah like yeah yeah i bet you, yeah i bet you i could have got a car loan at the time for that amount of money right like um but i guess there's collateral in a car loan so you know after like two weeks of of getting the door slammed in my face i went back to Ken. i was like can i i can't get a loan you know and oh sorry kid yeah you know it's just like That's what you need <laughs> yeah yeah you know he didn't know me that well yeah. he knew i was i wanted it but you know he wasn't gonna give it to me right right so yeah we kind of parted ways and i got over it you know it's like okay on to the next thing gotta find something right so um like two weeks later he called me back and he's like should you still want to buy this place like, yeah like, you know out of everyone we've talked to you're the only one who has 
appreciated what we've done with it um, and see potential in it. We, you know, we know that it's not perfect business yet, but we appreciate that you want to continue on like what we've had, what we've built and we're going to retire. And if you still want it, we'll finance you. You know, I was like, whoa, you know, cool. So a month later, we signed paperwork. He gave me a month of training and handed me the keys. <laughs> and yeah, it's been a long 18 year journey since. And how did your brother get involved in it? So my brother was living in Longview at the time, and he was actually managing a pizza parlor yep. with some friends, called him up. And I was like, hey, you got this opportunity. You want to come up and see what we can do with this place? And he moved up and joined forces and a lot of bumps along the way, a lot of learning, you know, opportunities and trial and error and mistakes and a lot of good decisions, too, of yeah. course. And clearly, yeah, you're opening up seven, your seventh location. Yeah. A lot of good decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's there's being a business owner, you get all the risk, but you also get all the reward. Right. And. We, we're in a society where people bet on other people a lot, but you were in this state where you were you were willing to bet on yourself and your brother to take on an owner contract. The owner was willing to bet, you know, Kenny was willing to, to, to make a bet on you too. What was that like having basically zero experience going into it and saying, okay, I'm going to bet on myself that this is going to work. I see the opportunities and just not, did you just not look back? Did you just say, we're going to make this work. This is what it is. The early years of Coconut Kenny's were really tough. I mean, all small businesses are tough small restaurant business, I think, speaking from experience is extremely tough. And anyone who's done it, and it doesn't have to be a small business, any small business, if you start it from the ground up, I think you just have a different appreciation for how tough being a business owner is like we were talking about earlier. So yeah, they were, they're were very trying years, to say the least. Sometimes people don't believe me, but I owned Coconut Kenny's for five years before I took a paycheck home. And that was 60, 70 hour work weeks. Mm -hmm you know, leaving my wife and my daughter in the morning and not seeing them till you know, nighttime and doing that every day until when you're doing it and it's tough. And, you know, you're like, man, you know, you have days where you're just like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> why am I doing this? Yeah. I mean, I'm a smart guy. I got a college degree. I can probably interview and get a pretty good job somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. There's days where question it and, you know, but, you also true to what you believe. And I was, you know, we were, it's like, no, this is going to work out. This is going to pan out one day. It's just going to take time. You got to build up your customer base. You got to keep making pizzas and, and taking care of your customers. And until the, you know, the word gets out that you're here to stay and, and you're, you're worthy of their business. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what it took. I think after four years, we opened our Cedar Woolly location. How did you identify other locations? I mean, you really, only knew the Bellingham location demographic. How well, did you start identifying other? Well, Bellingham, I just told you that story. Cedar yeah. Woolley wasn't like, it wasn't like we went and like, oh, out of all the towns we could open in. It's got to be Cedro. It's got to be Cedro. <laughs> like, um, no, it wasn't the case. It was more an opportunity. Another pizza restaurant was going out of business. It was yeah. affordable for us. But this time you're getting notifications probably on your phone, mm -hmm. not necessarily in the. In yeah, the yeah. Now it was MLS. Yeah. Cause I was slinging real estate at the time. No way. That was how I got through my first four years of owning coconut Kenny's. Cause I wasn't making any money at yeah. coconut Kenny's. I was, you know, doing that. And then any spare time I had, I oh, was real selling real estate. Like oh. after six mm -hmm. months of owning coconut Kenny's, I was like, Whoa, this isn't really working out. I had a house and I need to make my mortgage payments. You know, Carl Dufton, mm -hmm. he, uh, you know, Carl, I know Carl, not, yeah. not well, but I know him. Yeah. 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 So before I became a real estate agent, before I bought coconut Kenny's, I sold him some TVs at Best Buy. So he was like, Hey, have you ever thought about selling real estate? 
Uh, no, I can't say, you know, I was interested in real estate, but I, I didn't think about selling it. My parents are pretty heavily invested in real estate. So it's always been intriguing to me. He's like, you'd be good at selling houses. You should, you should get a real, like, if you ever want to get out of this and think about selling real estate, yeah. look me up with coconut Kenny's when, you know, those first six, six months, actually it was like two months into it. I realized like that I'm in trouble, yeah. right? I just, I just left a good salary. I mean, for me, it was a great salary yeah. at the time. You know, I was 21 as, you know, I had worked my way up to a sales manager position at Coconut yeah. Best Buy, not Coconut Kenny's. Funny story with that is for three months, I actually worked full time at Best Buy and was running the restaurant. And I, got your license. Yeah. yeah. So I would be at Best Buy and answer at Coconut Kenny's and then I'd be at Coconut Kenny's and answer at Best Buy. Like I was like, very, you know, yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to quit. I got to quit Best Buy. But then I was like, how am I going to make a living? So I remember my conversation with Carl. I called him up and I was like, hey, can I still get a license? And he's like, yeah. I don't know who's ever gotten a real estate license the fastest, but I've got to come close. Because I I literally, like from the day I spoke to him, to me hanging my license on his wall was like right under 60 days. Yeah. You know, like I was selling real estate like within 60 days of talking to him. That was 2004 going into 2005. And if that market was super hot. Then, like, right before and, a like, tough time. Like, yeah, anyone can sell real estate at yeah. that time. Like, they're, you know, obviously we learned the lesson from this, but like lenders were lending money to it. Like anyone could buy a house yeah. at that time, right? Any any house. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was in my early 20s. I knew a lot of people my age and my sphere of influence was pretty good. So it's like I knew people, but people who wanted to buy homes. So we yeah. started start selling houses, you and know. still working full-time at Coconut Kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how I, for four years, I sold sold real estate and did it, did it really well. And um, it paid my bills. That's how I got through those, you know, four years. Um, How many hours do you think you were working between the two, two careers? You know, I don't know. I bet my wife could tell you. Yeah. It's all a blur. She's like, the only thing is I just didn't see him. Yeah. Yeah. The real estate crash in, you know, 708 mm -hmm. was a blessing for me because I went from like selling a bunch of real estate to, okay, this is kind of tough now. Right. Yeah. What do I do? And I, I, that was when I really decided like, okay, I've got to, I've got to choose one, focus on, on just one. So ended up being Coconut Kenny's and mm -hmm. at our next location. So location two was, was Cedro. Cedro. Yeah. Um, and then what was three? Ferndale. Ferndale. Yeah. And then four was Fern, Atlanta. Yeah. No, four was Burlington. Burlington. Okay. I think it was year eight that we opened up our Ferndale one. And then after the Ferndale one, it was like every two years we were open. Was that up. part of the plan? Was just it, like you have a formula now that, that can make sense? Well, we had a formula in, until COVID mm. came along because, you know, we opened up Anacortes, which was our sixth location. And if everything would have gone as planned, we probably would have did, you know, another location two or three years later. Mm -hmm. But because of COVID that got stretched out, mm -hmm. and, you know, it was five years. We were five years removed from an opening between Anacortes and, and Marysville. So yeah, you know, as, as we learned and as we scaled, we added locations and adding locations means you can add manpower. You have more funding to market more, market more effectively. Everything gets a little bit easier as you know, you increase cash flows, right? Bigger, but simpler. Yeah. You yeah. have more, you have more people, you can afford more labor to do things that you needed more skilled people to do, but you didn't necessarily have to do yourself. So you mm -hmm. could spend time, you know, we started being able to work on our business mm -hmm. rather than in the business, you know, like people talk about that all the time. And it's very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> like business owners need that time to uh, work on the high level projects. And we get to do that all the time now.
you yeah, know, and many small business owners, I think that's the biggest struggle when you have like one location and that's your only, your only source. Yeah. You have to, you're like, yeah, well, this person can't work or labor's too expensive. I have to. Yeah. You're in there for 60 hours a week. And then when you get home, you're like, man, I got to put in another 10 hours to like, think about these high level tasks. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I'm just existing and I'm not planning and growing. And so, yeah, obviously getting to the point where we could do that was very good for our business. We're very thankful um, for that. So. so speaking of working on the business, you'd mentioned something like when you'd walked into Coconut Kenny's before you bought it about kind of like looking around with your restaurant background and going, okay, here's something I can jump on. Here's something that can improve the music, not listening to Hawaiian music all day. You know, you're, feel sleepy when I would beer on the beach, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but it's maybe you want to mix it up a little bit. What were some of those like first ideas that you had when you sat down in the restaurant? Was it like, Oh, this, this food item, I want to change this, this, or this, or was it, you know, nothing. It was nothing to do with the food. It wasn't the food. I think everything, but one menu item that was on the menu. No, I take that back too. They had a salmon dish, a rice and salmon dish that we didn't want to do. And they had a pasta. They had pasta. We canceled pasta. We're like, we, we want to keep the menu simple, yep. but really good. Yep. You know, and that's always been always been the case. You know, like we offer, I think Lee would be so disappointed me for not knowing how many different sandwiches we offer. But, you know, it's like 12 or 13 sandwiches and like 18 different signature pizzas. Mm -hmm. Big selection, but mm -hmm. very simple menu. But every single one is very flavorful and it's it's really good. And, we, you know, from day one, that's that's what we wanted, because a, a scalable concept has to be very simple. Mm -hmm. That's why you never want to own an Asian restaurant, right? Because you, you look at a Chinese restaurant menu and you're just like, what in the world yeah. is going on here? You know, like, yeah, there's a lot going on. It, Lots it, of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But my, complicated. my parents' restaurants, like it was always fun because every time a, a cook quit, like the menu changed because no Asian or Chinese cook, like, like every restaurant every sweet and sour is different, right? Yeah. Have you know, like, yeah, right. Every totally. So like, yeah, if, I, if I, it, 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 in an Asian restaurant, the cook quit, <laughs> I mean, you're still calling it the same, yeah. but it's, it didn't taste the same. Right. You, so you got the, you got the, the uh, customer that's like, this is different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So we wanted something that, you know, no matter who was making it, it was going to be, it was going to be the same. It was more the vibe. Like I really liked the decor in there. Mm -hmm. But like it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that and, the same that it's been? And it's consistent. Yeah. If yeah. you go to our website and look at all the interior photos at all the restaurants, like it's, it's the same. Like it keep, I think it keeps getting better. You know, we modernize it, but it's still very much like this tropical theme. Like we want our customers, if they're having a half hour lunch with us or a two hour dinner with their family, like we want them to feel like they just walked into their favorite tiki hut and they're at their favorite island getaway and feel like they're there for half an hour to an hour. You know, and, and people need that in the Northwest. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're really fortunate in the fact that like not very many, no one at all in Whatcom County has like copied our theme, right? Like why you need more tropical, you know, Island vibe, right? Like why wouldn't yeah. you want to feel that way? So, Maybe some like, some like uh, happy lights in there too, you know, some yeah. vitamin D producing lights. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just need it. <laughs> um, our, our contractor, he's built six of our locations for us. Bruce Burke, wonderful guy. He just does such a great job with our new restaurants. And like our goal is feel like, you know, like when you go to like a theme park, like Disneyland, right? Like you go and do like a ride and you very much are like in that moment of like, whoa, this feels like you just walked into a different room. That's what we want. You know, when you go and do a new Coconut Kenny is to feel like that, right? 
but yeah, it was just really the opportunities was just like pepping it up, like making it like a little more lively, mm -hmm. if you will. It what was, genre it was, music? What was your first change from Hawaiian music? I think it was just whatever was popular, like just pop, right? Like yeah, just, just not Hawaiian, you know? <laughs> um, it was, it was very much tailored, like college students yeah. rarely went to Coconut Kenny's. It wasn't like your hot spot necessarily. Um, it was, it was more catered towards an older yeah. crowd and we love our old crowd. You know, we, we started to market it more towards a younger uh, demographic, mm -hmm. um, if you will. How'd I mean, you, how'd you do that? What's the difference in the way that you marketed it? Well, back then it wasn't, it wasn't social media, blue book, yeah. great big I remember blue book, blue book yeah. Yeah. right? Running ads in there, hiring college students, yeah. you know, that helps that helps to get the word out, yeah, but it was, friends, yeah. but it was a very slow process. You know, when you're young and underfunded, like I remember making marketing decisions and, and how difficult it was to spend money on, on marketing, not because I didn't want to, but because we didn't have the money to, yeah. right? Like every some, decision yeah. made, like mattered. Yeah. I remember specifically yeah. in Cedar Woolley, the food pavilion, it was, it was a third party that handled those efforts for them. But like, you, you know, they still do it today, but you can like put your coupons on the back of the register receipts. Yeah. And I remember cutting a check for 600 bucks for that to try it. And my return was horrible, <laughs> horrible. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, dang it, I can use that 600 bucks right now. You know, yeah. um, you know, for small businesses telling yourself, I've got to take away some of this income that I could really use to make part of my mortgage payment or car payment or, you know, whatever you could, else you could use on and I've got to like try this marketing you know it's tough right yeah thankfully our marketing marketing budget is substantially better than it is we earned it yeah yeah, yeah than it was back then but yeah it was it was a, it was a slow process it took a good five to six years before it before it finally clicked where it's like oh this is why we stuck with it this is why you know we kept doing what we did and kept believing and treating every customer like they were our first customer and doing what we do. And, and now we're blessed with great customers, good, loyal customers. You know, like you said, like we're, I feel like we're a brand that is pretty well known in, in Whatcom County. You know, we operate in Bellingham, Ferndale and Linden. All three are super, super great communities. Mm -hmm. Man, we got so many supportive families, you know, and, and customers that, that come out and show us how thankful they are for us being a business in, in those towns. So something interesting that you were saying was that early on, you feel like in order to make one move, you have to like pull on every part of your life, right? Like that $600 budget to do the back of the receipt, the, your best marketing decision yet. Right. Mm -hmm. That was the one that gave you the biggest gray hair, but yeah, but I think, yeah. uh, but I think now you're able to make marketing decisions, not only based on experience, but you have resources now for people that listen to this podcast and are, in, a, in either one of those positions, what kind of advice do you give people for you have to start out as the person that pulls on everything to make it happen and take the risk. But then as you you've grown, what kind of like what kind of decisions have gotten easier for you? So, yeah, that register advertising decision, it it didn't work out the way I had hoped at the time. But going back and looking at all of the marketing that we've done throughout the years, I believe contributed to our success. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that I would tell new business owners is you really have to believe like I, I'm, I'm a big believer of, of just, you know, the, the big number seven impressions, right? Like after this, they say, like after the seventh impression, 
when someone's exposed to your brand on average seven times, they're more likely to, to do business with you. Maybe those register receipts like contributed to one of those seven, right? So now, you know, when I'm, when I think back, it's like, I did a lot of things that I thought didn't work, but they all probably work together. And I just wasn't able to realize um, the byproduct of that at the time. Does that make sense? Totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, um, so now, you know, like when we're making marketing decisions now, it's more like what's considered effective versus not effective to mm -hmm. us is not like a, oh, did they bring that coupon in and did they redeem it? You yeah. know, I mean, we still track those things, of course, but it's more like how many impressions did I get? It, you know, we got two billboards on Meridian. How many daily impressions do those billboards get me? You know, if I run a Facebook ad, what's each impression cost me? How many impressions do we get for free? Because, you know, Facebook, Facebook's algorithms like what we just put out, you know? So it's like constant, like, what are we doing that's going to maximize the number of impressions so that we can get to that, you know, seventh impression or so we can stay top of mind to our customers and keep them coming back. And I'm sure putting all of the hashtags of chicken, bacon, chipotle, yeah, yeah. cilantro, <laughs> onions, Hawaiian Hashtag bread. everything, yeah. yeah. Like, why are we getting so many free impressions? This is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, we put bacon in there. Yeah. yeah. I can't even keep up with, I'm glad that I have our marketing team that we do because like, I can't keep up with the ever-changing, it just changes all the time. It's like, you think you got it figured out and then something changes. Something yeah, changes. Tiffany, you know, our producer right. right here, she and Coop, they both know a lot about that. And Taylor all know a lot about that. But yeah, what was the tipping point for you where you decided to hire somebody to do all your marketing? You, you were doing everything. You were, you're the receipt that you're like, you're trying mm -hmm. all of these things. These, yeah. The seven, right? Yeah. So my brother and the, the, in the business, yeah. in the business, my brother, uh, I love him to death for it. Cause he, he handles all the operations like yeah. back of house, especially menu items, policies and procedures and you know how to execute the kitchen very mm -hmm. well like he's he heads that and he does a very good job of that and i kind of handle front of house and, and marketing mm -hmm. but it wasn't until about 16 or 18 months ago that i made a decision like i'm way too busy now to try to like make all of the marketing decisions i needed a team that could produce assets and understood our brand and our vision and how i think and they can put things out without having to run it by me, you know, and it took a few months to get there, but um, th this marketing company, Joyco, is amazing at it. They they know our brand, they know what we stand for and our values, and they and they do a great job of portraying that in the marketing channels that we use. One of the things that I've noticed about your business, outside of the great food and, and the expansion and like the awareness, is that you have a huge presence in the community and mm -hmm. how you show up for the community, and that's super important. That's how we operate too. Is that one of your core values? Like, how did you get yeah. so excited about? I mean, I know you're, you live here and your family's here, but your business is. How did you get so excited about Whatcom County? How do you? Yeah, we love we love Whatcom County. You know, I mean, anytime you go on vacation somewhere, you know you live in a good place when you if you can't wait to come back home. Yeah, I can't wait to come back to Whatcom County and Bellingham, come back home because it's we live in a great place. You know, we're spoiled. So you know, with community, I mean, it's pretty simple answer. I mean, we love the people who love us, you know, and support us and giving back to the community and the different ways that we do it is it's a very easy, very easy decision. You know, our bread and butter in terms of customers is our families, yeah. you know, 
big households that have come out and support us and appreciate us. Like when we're making decisions on, you know, as a business owner, you guys get, you know, you're getting requests for contributions and donations all the time. Right. And at the end of the day, you wish you could help out all of them, but you yeah. can't, yeah. you know, so you do have to kind of choose. And, and we've always kind of tailored our decisions towards anything that's just family kid oriented. It's our future. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Kind of wild thing. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. love supporting all the, all the, schools and and all the sports programs out there and stuff and, and we know it's all it's all going to come back anyways you know our our customers are super great i can't say it enough and they've always they've supported us for 18 years so it's just an easy easy decision for us you love them they love and, you yeah, yeah yeah so let's 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 take a step back towards okay we, we talked a little bit you buy the business you have the first location you open cedar woolly and then there was Ferndale, correct? That was the third one. Mm -hmm. Let's equate this to like how what I what, what's I, the method to the madness? Well, yeah, like what's plan? what's the what was the easiest expansion? Was like was the first one the hardest? The second one the hardest? Was it like having two or three kids? Was it like three is like oh my god, what did I do? Four is like oh that's not too bad. Five, I'm like okay, cool. Well, it's funny you mentioned kids because yeah. um, I joke about it, but <laughs> opening restaurants there's actually similarities to having kids, right? Because like when you have a kid. You're like, I can't wait to have a kid. And then you have a kid. And for like the first, granted, I love my kid. I love my kids. And I love every stage. But like for the first two years, you're like, oh my gosh, this is tough. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot. Yeah. yeah it takes like, a lot. It's a lot of work. Right. So you're like, you know, especially like the first six months that you're like, I'm never doing this again. Why would I, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you know, after they turn two, I mean, people always say terrible twos. I don't know. For me, it wasn't terrible twos weren't that bad with our kids. It was more like, the you know not getting a full night's sleep and you know having to wake up early for work and being tired or you know whatever but after like the first two years you kind of forget actually 18 months right like you kind of forget how hard it was to have a newborn you know let's do it again yeah. you know so parents do it again yeah. right so with the restaurant it, it's funny it's kind of the same thing like you're like yeah let's open another restaurant and you open it and you're like oh my gosh what why do we why do we do this yeah. now you know we got to you know, we got to do this all over again and, you know, train and get established in the community and, you know, like all that. Right. And it's just it's just a lot of work. Yeah. Right. And then after a couple of years of being in business, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Do it again. Yeah. You know, so it's very similar to having kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are probably going to listen to this and go, I can't believe you equated opening a business to having kids. But from a stress level, it's kind probably of similar. pretty. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, from a work and stress level. So, you know, um, so that was kind of our thing. Like after Ferndale, we were on like a, every couple of years, we were opening yeah. another restaurant. But like I said, until we got to, to Anacortes, you know, and then COVID hit, it kind of, you know, we all know what happened during that time. But now we're back at, you know, like we're opening Marysville. Yep. We're, we're looking for real estate, Everett, Bothell, Winville, uh, maybe Lake Stevens Market. Because of where we're pulling customers from in Marysville, we're able to kind of figure out maybe some potential markets. Yeah, we're hoping to open another location next year. I mean, that's what that's what, that's what we're doing. We're going back to the two-year mark. We're, we've got a great, I mean, we haven't even talked about employees, but any good customer or customer that we would consider regulars know how good our employees are. I mean, it's my company, so I'm biased, but Lee and I strongly believe that in the restaurant business, we have the best employees in the business. I honestly believe that. And that's why we are able to do um, what we do. And we have some um, 
guys that are that are with us on our corporate team that have been with us for a long time. Um, the Marysville location, we co-own with one of our corporate um, team members. The next one, we're going to have market shares available to other team members. And that's our growth plan. Like we are going to continue to develop young managers into business owners. And so like a franchise setup or is it just part, partial ownership? Yeah, partial ownership. Yeah. yeah. How and, far south are you going? I mean, what's the what's the vision? As silly as it sounds, I don't have like an end vision for coconut candies yet. Like where, you know, we're going to keep doing it as long as we have the energy and the, and the drive to do it and the people that, you know, want to do it with us. But while there's no like end goal to it, there are very big goals to it. You know, like we are, we are prepped to franchise. We've got, um, we've got investment groups as far down as the Tri-Cities that want to open up locations. We actually have a, a meeting with a, a potential person that once opened one up in Arizona, you know, like, so there's, we're kind of open to, to anything, you know, we might, we might work with uh, investment groups that help us scale and launch maybe even at a quicker rate than we are now. Coconut Kenny's is just out of, out of place right now that I think we're very much primed for a very big move rather than just, you know, one every couple of years. Yeah. So that, that could very easily happen as well. I guess anything and everything is possible with, with our company right now. It's a good place to be. It's a good feeling, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Good, really good kind of like level mind mindset. To be mm -hmm. in. Okay. Let's, let's go to the fact that you, you own a business with your brother mm -hmm. and you guys grew up together, obviously. And you guys are similar in some ways and different in other ways. And you've clearly set your roles in the company. You're like, dude, you're going over here. You're doing operations. You're doing the kitchen. I'm doing front of house. Was that like, was that really quick? Did you guys just go? No. How did no. you guys figure that out? just through years of working together, having a business partner as I mean, as you guys know, and anyone who has a business partner, it's tough, right? Like we get along extremely, extremely. I mean, we're like married. We're he's like, he's like my second partner in life, right? Yeah. Besides my wife, there isn't anything now where we don't already know what the other person's thinking, you know, which is a great, great place to be, but it wasn't always like that. I mean, it took a while to like figure out what our strengths and our weaknesses are and what buttons to push and which ones not to. And um took a while, but yeah. yeah, we got there and it's, it's great. Couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better business partner yeah, just, now. So, so yeah. And our, our vision and our desires for the company is uh, very much aligned. Mm -hmm. I think if, if you talk to any of our business partners or anyone who's worked with Lee and I, they would tell you that we're just very stand up, like good business people. Like that's something that, that we take a lot of pride in, you know, and obviously I'm complimenting myself, but I truly, be I truly believe so that anyone you talk to is, yeah. yeah, is anyone you talk to would be like, those guys are good dudes. You want, you want to do business with those guys, yeah. you know, and that's something that we make sure to try to seep into the rest of our company, into the managers that we're developing. It's just, you know, make sure that whatever you're doing, you stand for and, and you want to be proud of it. That's stick what, to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what we've done. And, and I think that's a big reason why we're as successful as we are and, and why people want to work with us. Mm -hmm. So years down the road, we're talking 2018. You had an employee, um, a really, really great employee that said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, but, but you're awesome. And I want to stay in business with you. And how did downtime taps come to being? You told me a little bit about it pre-interview here, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so Tomas, um, he's my partner at, at downtime taps. Um, he worked for us for, gosh, I want to say eight or nine years. 
he was managing our Anacortes location at the time. But, you know, one day I was having a conversation with uh, with him. And he's like, hey, Chai, I think I'm, you know, I'm going to be leaving soon. I'm like, oh, you know, why? What are, we, what are we doing? You know, and he showed me this concept of a self-serve tap room that he had seen while traveling. He's like, I think it's really cool. Washington State doesn't have it. I want to do one, you know, and he's like, I need a partner if you're interested, you know, and that obviously smaller conversations led to bigger conversations. And it was just like, yeah, let's do this. I, the building owners of our Ferndale location, this, this shopping center that we're in now, um, they're no longer the owners, but really uh, good people that I got along with. Well, they just so happened to have some space available next door to Coconut Kenny's there in Ferndale and signed a lease. And we're like, yeah, we're going to build this thing. It wasn't as easy as that self-serve tap rooms didn't exist in Washington state prior to us. Why was that? Cause I, I saw the a very, concept in California. Yeah. Back. Very new yeah. concept. Yeah. Um, so when we applied for that liquor license and told them what we were doing, like, no, you're not doing that. You're crazy. Put a wall up with a bunch of beer and people can just serve themselves. That sounds like, <laughs> like a problem, chaos. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah no, but there's, there's, no, there's like boundaries yeah, to it. Yeah. Oh, very. Okay. Yeah. The technology, it's actually, in my opinion, it's actually kind of safer than, People are limited on their pores mm-hmm. that tap caps them out at a regulated amount. And, and, you know, you check on them and you can re up their, their limits if they're fine to consume more. Um, but you know, our average customer is not our typical customer is not there to get drunk. You know, we look at it as a more, I guess, more of a, an experience a tasting experience. Yeah. It's a really fun business. Took us a while to get licensed for it, but we, we ended up pulling it off and it's, you know, it's very similar to the early days of Coconut Kenny's. It's early business that we're still working on building. We have growth plans for it as well. Tomas really wants four years in mm-hmm. three, four years. in. Yeah. yeah. Tomas wants yeah. to open another, another location uh, down South somewhere. So that's been in the conversation. So we'll see where, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. So and, and did, was there, and after you guys made that splash and, 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 created this business, the first in Washington state, were there others that followed? Yeah. I don't know how many exactly there are now, but since that self poor regulation is, is in place, obviously anybody can use it now. So I know there are other locations throughout. Um, I think one in Seattle just opened up. It's really unique though. It's beer and pho. Two things that I really like, but I don't feel like necessarily you do at the same time. We're talking like light beer, maybe rice beer. Yeah. Not like an IPA. Yeah. So there's a, I think it's close to uh, the stadiums in in Seattle. They they have a self-serve tap wall with with pho. It's not self-serve pho though. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be, I love pho. Yeah. So good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I've never... Like I, you know, in the local pho places, like I never am eating a bowl of pho and wish I had a beer at the same time, you know? So, um, I'm sure they have other, other, what would you pair with it? Like if you were to drink a drink, are you just drinking pho by like you're drinking pho? Yeah. 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 You're not drinking drinking when you're, yeah. Yeah. When you're one of the things that, as we've been talking, that's like really cool about you, you, you have this, 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 uh, really, I wouldn't say overly optimistic, but you, you just, you believe the best in people and you work hard and you're willing to try new things and you're like open to conversations, which I don't know. I've, I've been around long enough in business where I've, I've, I've just interacted people with, they're just, they're closed off and they're just kind of like, well, that opportunity, whatever it sounds like it's a lot of work or this is that or the other, but you're just willing to try things. Where did that come from? Did that come from how you were raised? Are you just naturally that way? Are you and your brother just like that? Or would you attribute like, I don't know where it comes from. 
I guess it's just like, like I've always been that way in terms of trying new things. It's just, yeah, that's just who I am. Like I, I get bored easily, mm-hmm. I guess. So I'm always, you know, like, um, so, you know, I'm still, I still have a license. I still dabble in that in real estate a little bit. And, you know, the tap room, the businesses, like, it's just, I don't know. I just like, just like to stay busy with regards to, you know, um, being optimistic. It's a lot easier to be optimistic than pessimist. <laughs> uh, you know, pessimistic people suck. Um, Realistic uh, people are important. Pessimistic yeah. people suck. Yes. Yeah. No, I, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's important to be realistic. But um, yeah, I like. I just like working with op- optimistic people. You know, and I don't. And you know, it's a lot easier to be willing to try new things when you when you have the luxury of doing it, right. of course, yep. you know, like I wouldn't try as many new things 18 years ago as I yeah. am now. Like I have, you know, a little bit of freedom to do, to take chances and to take risks and, you know, but you know, like one of, one of my biggest pleasures in life is hiring a young individual who didn't know what they were capable of mm-hmm. and then showing them what, what they are capable of. Right. Like helping Tomas open this tap room and like realizing his dream of, of own, being his own business partner. Like, you know, nothing is more rewarding than, than that. Right. Helping Jesus and his wife open the Marysville location. Like they're realizing something now that they always thought was possible, but it wasn't done until it was done. Right. Now that they're now that it's open, we just uh, the Tulela Marysville Chamber of Commerce just at the awards banquet last week, we won best new business of the year down oh, there. Congratulations. Um, thank you. That's yeah. Huge. Yeah. He was at that awards banquet. You might've saw the social media post on that. Like yep. for him to be able to accept that, that award, that was something that I did back in the day. You know, we've won other awards and I was there receiving it, you know, having his, his family and his wife and daughter there to, you know, at the ribbon cutting ceremony, like doing those things and like helping young people like do something that maybe they didn't think was even possible that's so much fun right like and it doesn't even have to go to that extent you could hire you know a 16 year old today and and you know they might be timid in their in their interview they might not be even sure that a restaurant job is for them when you when they first start they're like no i don't want to work i don't want to work the counter i want to put me on dishes or you know i want to be back the house i'm not comfortable around customers and like forcing them to get out of their comfort zone you know and now it's not even me so much doing anymore because you know unfortunately Lee and I don't get to spend that much time in the restaurants. We're yep. working, you know, on the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So it's our corporate team members hiring and store managers hiring and developing these people. But, you know, like watching them think that they're not good with customers and then seeing them a year later. I mean, like, dude, Just you me. don't shut up now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you get emails. Like, yeah. you know, like one of the proudest things for me is like I get emails all the time through, in, in, you know, through our website where it's like, hey, was in there so and so. Man, they're awesome. Like such a great experience right and it's like oh that's a kid that you know didn't think he like, wanted really? to help customers Good for them. Yeah. yeah yeah right like so so yeah again you know like with coconut kenny's and you know the i guess the financial benefits of it is uh, just to me now we've gotten to the point where we know it's kind of going to happen do we have bad times and good times of course just like every every business but we're so established now and we've got such good customers that we know it's generally always going to be there so now we get to, you know, focus on the rewards that sometimes you 
you forget or you don't think mm -hmm. about, right? That are like so so important. Like the um, impact, the return yeah. on impact, right? Yeah, yeah. The the money follows yeah. impact, right? Yeah, yeah. That's super powerful. Yep. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to thank you first of all for being a huge part of our community. You know, I know you you like to kind of hide back behind the scenes, like we talked about, and and be involved, but not necessarily. You don't need to be on the front of everything. But people, especially that listen to this podcast, really appreciate business owners like you that care a lot about this community, um, care a lot about them as the customer and just are like having fun while doing it. And I'm excited for people to get that don't know you. I know a lot of people already know you, but for people that don't know you to get to know you. Um, and I'm excited for your expansion and your growth and continuing to impact your employees the way you are. So thanks, thanks for being a staple in this community and, and just making this place a yeah. great place to be a small business. Of course. Yeah. I appreciate thanks. You. thanks for having us. I speak on behalf of my partners. Well, and on that note, if you're not following any of the Coconut Kenny's uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and also TikTok, right? You're on TikTok yep. star now? Yeah. On that note, if you have gotten to this point in the podcast, which I will buy you a sandwich at Coconut Kenny's if you message the Building, Building Belly Mint Instagram account. Hey, it's Tiffany, and here are the details. This episode was released December 16, and this offer is good until March 16, 2023. Reach out on the Building Bellingham Instagram account and we'll get you connected with Leo. And uh, just excited to uh, share the awesome sandwiches with you. Oh man, hit them up. Hit me up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. And take yeah. what's the disclaimer? We have I'm to. Gonna, I'm going to tell the marketing team to boost that one. <laughs> oh, boost that one. So thank you for joining us in the Building Bellingham podcast. Building Bellingham is a community podcast exploring leadership, challenges, failure, and mindset with entrepreneurs right here in Whatcom County, Washington. You can be the first to hear about upcoming guests by subscribing to the Building Bellingham Facebook or Instagram pages, as well as the Building Bellingham YouTube channel. This episode was produced and edited by Tiffany Holden. Our videography is done by Cooper Hansley. Community projects are by Taylor Beal. To learn more about the team behind the podcast and to download our media kit, check out our website at www.livebellinghamnow.com or search Cohen Group NW on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn. From the whole Building Bellingham podcast team, thank you for listening.